and he had a $20 million Jordan sneaker deal in place to do this uh, collaboration. And he met with MJ one-on-one a bunch of times. He, he, he met with MJ's design team as well several times. And when the whole 50 Cent beef got so public, he said that um, he got a call from MJ pretty much saying, yo, uh, I'm not down with the whole you know rap beef public negativity thing, so we're going to have to pull the deal. I thought that was a sick story. And that would have been a pretty cool collaboration. What's up, folks? What's going on? Welcome to the Spun Today podcast, the only podcast that is anchored in writing, but unlimited in scope. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz, and I appreciate you listening. This is episode 226 of the pod. It is a free writing session episode. And in this episode, I share my writing stats for December of 2022, as well as January of 2023. I give you an update on my first anthology of short stories coming soon. I share a writing tip that I picked up along the way. I tell you about what I've been reading. And lastly, I read and reflect on a free writing piece of mine, which might, emphasis on might, be found at spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. More on that might later. But before we get into the show, just wanted to share a quick way with you all that you can help support this podcast if you choose to do so and if you do it would be much appreciated helps me keep the lights on and adds to the motivational flame of continuing to produce more content more writing more short stories more books more podcasts and i really do appreciate each and every one of you for your support so here is a quick way you can help support the show and then we will jump right into the episode you can support the spun today podcast by checking out my writing You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing, but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats, whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. My writing stats. In December of 2022, I wrote 17 out of the 31 days of the month for a writing percentage of 54.8%. Kicking off the new year in January of 2023, I wrote 14 out of the 31 days of the month for a writing percentage of 45.2%. And mainly what I've been working on specifically, not on every single day, obviously, of those writing days, some of those days consisted of just like free writing, 
But mainly what I've been focusing on is my first goal set for the year, my first writing goal set for the year, which is my anthology of short stories, which I am happy to say is going well and still on track for being published by Q1 of 2023. So that gives me about two more months to get it out to you guys. Now, what I wanted to give you a sneak peek of is the list of short stories that are going to be included within it and just give you a little background of, of what I've been doing in preparation to to put these out. Now, each of the stories that are going to be included in the anthology, which is going to be a, a published, you know, physical and also digital, obviously, collection of these short stories. The original version of each can be found at sponsor.com forward slash short stories, along with a few others uh, that I've written over the years. But I pulled out eight of the ones that I have available on my website to be included within this, my first anthology. Now, the stories are not going to be exactly the same of what you read on my website. Again, spuntoday.com forward slash short stories. You know, many of these I've written dating back a few years. So I revisited each story, updated many of them, slightly changed things within them, uh, but definitely from a technical perspective with things that I've learned and picked up along the years, I've updated them to, you know, make sure there is a clear beginning hook and inciting incident and climax scenes and an ending resolution and making sure that the inciting incident ties out with the climax scene, et cetera, et cetera. And this is the first series or the first book that, I, that I'm publishing that I'm actually going to have professionally edited. So I'm interested to learn about that process and let you guys know more about that when the time comes. Obviously, when the book is published, I'm going to do a complete deep dive into each of these stories and where they came about, as I've done with my novel Fractal and even before then with Make Way For You, both of my books available now, spuntoday.com forward slash books. If you guys want to check those out, I've ran each of these stories through Pro Writing Aid, uh, which actually ties into the, the writing tip of this episode that I'll be uh, discussing shortly. So yeah, hopefully it's going to be a more polished, professional, elevated version of each of these stories, but still very true to the originals, which again can be found on my website, spuntoday.com forward slash short stories. And now here is the story list, the stories that are going to be included in the actual order that I plan to publish them, which I don't anticipate changing, but you never know. The current order is something that, that I organize based on how I, I feel the stories flow. Uh, I think it flows better in this specific order, but again, might be subject to, to change. The first one up is going to be A Night Out, which is a short story based on a dream that my brother David had. If you guys go back and listen to the A Night Out audiobook episode, I break that down in more detail there. But that's going to be the number one story. Number two is Pencil Case, a short story based on a true story about when I used to go to work with my father at a supermarket that he worked at. And I used to pack bags during the summer. It's a story about that point in time and some memorable moments that I had. Next up, we have Nostrand Ave, which is an encounter between a police officer and a citizen gone wrong, which unfortunately seems 
apropos every time I mention this story because there's always an encounter being highlighted on the news and online having to do with either police brutality or encounters with citizens that go left. But I do attempt within this story to tell it from multiple perspectives and try to really show and humanize each of the characters within it. And interesting tidbit, if you will, the original audiobook version of that short story that I released here on the Spun Today podcast, feel free to go check it out in the backlog list of episodes, contains background audio that I recorded from an, an actual real life encounter that I happened to stumble upon when I was getting off the train one day, coming home from work, and there were like mad cops outside, bunch of cop cars, mad cops in the actual train station. And I caught the like tail end of whatever it was that was going on. And they were trying to take a girl out that was like kicking and screaming. And it was just like a jarring situation. And I recorded some of what was going on there and used some of the audio for background of this story, which that situation partly inspired. Then the next short story that's going to be in my anthology is Bully, which is also based on a true story. It's actually the very first short story that, not the first short story that I ever wrote, because I remember one way back writing as, as, as a kid, but the first one I wrote as an adult with the purpose of trying to learn this craft and putting this short story out there publicly. And the title kind of gives it away, but it is about a bully encounter situation that I had in elementary school. The fifth short story is going to be Ball and Chain, which was prompted by a call to action of Stephen King's within his book on writing, where as a writing exercise, he asked readers to write a role reversal story. So like a story that usually has like the man in a certain certain type of situation or the woman in a certain type of situation and reverse the roles and see how that story plays out. So I wrote this story about a serial killer, which we know historically to be mostly males. And I role reversed and made it the female protagonist of this story. It's actually a story that I go back to think about and plan to just thinking to like a future anthology series plan to make like a part two of this story in particular and maybe even flesh it out into like its own novel one day but that's just like far down the line thinking but yeah that's definitely a, an interesting one chopper city is the next story which is based on a dream that i had it's about a terrorist attack taking place and in many ways may have planted the seeds of what fractal eventually became my my novel my time travel novel although they're completely different stories and the second to last short story that's going to be included is lecture hall which is essentially a college lecture hall style debate that happens between a student and, and the professor around the financial crisis of 2008 and who's really to blame is it corporate greed is it personal greed what roles do personal responsibility have to play etc and lastly, I closed it out with Elevator, which is also loosely based on a true story of a chance encounter with a stranger. But yeah, I'm really excited to put this out. I'm even more excited to put it out within the intended timeline and time frame of the goal that I set for it, especially with 2022 being such a shit year in terms of uh, meeting my, my personal uh, writing goals. But I'll definitely tell you all more about it when the time comes and keep you all posted on the progress.
Now, pro writing aid is the writing tip that I want to share with you guys for this episode, which I just mentioned in the last segment there as a tool that I've been using to polish up my short story anthology. Now, what it is essentially is a writing tool. It's an application that you computer application that you pay for. And I'll get into like the fees and stuff in a bit, but that essentially combs through your writing and produces real time feedback and over 20 reports with recommendations on how to improve your writing. So think like spell check on Microsoft Word, but on steroids. It definitely does, for example, like all the spell checking whenever you you, you miss spell a word. Um, it produces a report called the writing style report. And I'll tell you a, a bit about some of the reports so you guys can get an idea of what the platform is. But the writing style report will highlight a sentence, for example, where you wrote, he walked across the room quickly and answered the door. It might highlight that sentence, give you the advice of you can use a stronger verb here if you choose to. And here's an example of four different sentences that you can use instead of the one that you have there. And the examples would be rushed across the room or hurried across the room or dashed across the room or raced across the room instead of using walked across the room quickly. The grammar report is what I mentioned earlier in terms of like spell checking and grammar checks, you know, missing commas here, missing quotations there, uh, similar to Microsoft Word, uh, but they also use artificial intelligence technology as well as a team of copy editors that have input thousands of specific checks to pick up more grammatical issues than a Microsoft Word can. Which, by the way, is not to discount Microsoft Word, like another layer that you can also always do aside from using this is just, you know, copy and paste your work into Microsoft Word and do additional checks there. You can never have enough checks when it comes to the, this kind of stuff. A report that I definitely leveraged a lot is the overused word report. So it'll literally just highlight like four sentences in a row and say, hey, you started this sentence with you each of these times. And, you know, it's becoming a bit redundant. I said, like, you went to the store, you bought a bag of cookies, you also bought a juice. And then sometimes it'll give you suggestions. Sometimes it, it won't. In those cases, it'll just like highlight and say, like, from a reader perspective, you know, it's just going to sound redundant and, and boring. So maybe you want to like rephrase that to you went to the store and bought a bag of chips as well as a juice. And it has a lot of stuff like this. There's again, like 20 different reports. There's a sticky sentence report. There's a readability report. There's a the sentence length report that, you know, if you have a long run on sentence, it'll highlight that and, and advise you to chop it up a bit. And you can use whichever ones you want. You don't have to use all of them. And it's like a like picture a word document like just in terms of visually the way it looks picture a word document and you have like all these things listed on the side like re readability check grammar check etc within the word document you have like all the grammar stuff highlighted in green all the redund redundancy stuff highlighted in orange or underlined rather and then you like right click each thing that's like highlighted or, or underlined and it'll give you like the option of substitute this sentence for this, you know, add a comma here and you just easily like click on it and it makes that change. Or you can choose to, you know, just retype and revise as you see fit. 
A great thing as well is that it works in conjunction with Scrivener, for example. I'm sure it works with other writing tools as well. But like the writing platform that I use is Scrivener. ProWritingAid, I just, you know, open up ProWritingAid, the application, and then it grabs my work from Scrivener. And the updates that I make in ProWritingAid automatically get updated within Scrivener as well. So that's awesome in terms of, you know, avoiding having to like lose things between like copying and pasting and bouncing back and forth between two different platforms. It's pretty, pretty seamless in that respect. Now, in terms of costs, uh, there is a free version that, you know, doesn't give you access to all the different reports. So you guys can definitely check that out. I think I started with that, but then I like upgraded to the paid version and there's like different uh, options. You can pay $30 a month. Um, they have like specials and stuff all the time. Um, like there's a yearly subscription uh, for $120. I actually got my yearly subscription. I don't remember with what discount, uh, but this was a while back, probably through Joanna Penn, actually, to be honest. Shout out to the Creative Pen podcast, but through her, probably through her, her affiliate link, definitely pro writing aid um, I heard of from her and or one of her writing guests, but definitely on her platform. And I got like a yearly subscription for like $60, something along those lines. They also have a lifetime option. If like you use it, you know, you can use it forever type of thing um, for $399. But yeah, I would say definitely start with the free version and, you know, adjust as needed. Also, I did sign up for their affiliate program. So I will be having a discount of my own discount code of my own, which I'll be sharing with you guys as soon as it's available. If you're listening to this episode sometime in the future, check out the episode notes because I will be coming back to it to update the affiliate link uh, within the episode notes of this episode, as well as future episodes from here on out once that becomes available. That folks is the writing tip that I have for you for this episode. Pro Writing Aid. Check it out. What I've been reading. I have been reading The Book of Jose, a memoir by Fat Joe. Fat Joe, for those of you who don't know, He's a rapper from New York, specifically the Bronx. He's responsible for many, 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 many hits spanning like two or three decades. A few of the mainstream hits are like All the Way Up, featuring Remy Ma and French Montana. What's Love, featuring Ashanti, Lean Back, I Make It Rain, featuring Lil Wayne, etc., etc., etc. He's also the founder of the Terror Squad, which is responsible for acts like Big Pun and Remy Ma. And I'm definitely a, a Fat Joe fan, not just his music, but his personality and his interviews, of which there are, are many that folks can definitely check out. But most of all, his backstory and turning po- negatives into positives with the main ingredient of that being hard work and dedication. And I love stories like that. And before I share a few of my personal favorite takeaways from reading his book, I actually want to read you guys the official synopsis, the summary, which is a bit long, but I think it does a good job of breaking down the book. Quote, Grammy nominated multi-platinum selling artist, entrepreneur and philanthropist Fat Joe pulls back the curtain on his larger than life persona in this gritty, intimate memoir about growing up in the South Bronx and finding his voice through music. Fat Joe is a hip hop legend, but this is not a tale of celebrity. It is the story of Joseph Cartagena, a kid who came of age in the South Bronx during its darkest years of drugs, violence, and abandonment, and how he navigated that traumatizing landscape until he found, through art, friendship, luck, 
and Will a rocky path to a different life. Joe was born into a sprawling Puerto Rican and Cuban family, which I didn't know, by the way, about Fat Joe. I didn't know he was half Cuban. I thought he was straight Puerto Rican. But he was born into a sprawling Puerto Rican and Cuban family in the projects of the South Bronx. From infancy, his life is threatened by violence. And by the time he starts middle school, he is faced with the grim choice that defined a generation to become predator or prey. Soon, Joe and his crew dominate the streets, but he finds his true love among the park jams where the Bronx's wild energy takes musical form. His identity splits in two, a hustler roaming record stores looking for beats and a budding rapper whose violent rep rings in the streets. As Joe's day-to-day life becomes more fraught with betrayal, addiction, and death until he himself is shot and almost killed, He gravitates toward the music that gives him both a voice to tell the stories of his young life and the tools he needs to create a new one. The challenges never stop, but neither does Joe. This memoir written in Joe's own intensely compelling voice moves with the momentum of Pulp Fiction, but underneath the tragic comedy and riveting tales of the streets and the industry, which is a thought-provoking story about a generation of survivors raised in warlike conditions, the life and death choices they had to make, the friends they lost and mourned, and the glittering lives they created from the ruins. And that is the official synopsis. So yeah, I listened to the audiobook. He narrates it himself, which you can tell is not his strong suit. He definitely has that, you know, larger than life fat Joe personality that comes off and shines through in like interviews and stuff like that. So his narration of the actual audiobook definitely grows on you. Yeah, at least it did for me. This was a a fun read and it's a memoir, which I'm into. Shout out to Elaine Spuntare alum that highlighted that to me when we were having a conversation about books or something like that. And I mentioned a bunch of memoirs without like making the connection that they're all memoirs. Um, And she was like, oh, you like memoirs? I'm like, what do you mean? But yeah, I definitely do some of the the types of books that I get like most into and I think it's you know similar to my like love for podcasts and like interviews that are like free form is that I'm really into how the sausage gets made you know the behind the scenes stuff like how did this person become this person how did that thing become that thing what's the story behind this song you know etc what's the story behind this book this story and I just love stuff like that this book is definitely chock full of stuff like that anecdotes and stories um, some of which I, I've heard in the past, again, you know, from Fat Joe's like interviews and stuff like that, or just hip hop stories in general. But it definitely goes like much deeper. And I learned a lot that I didn't know before, like just a shitload of the different types of trauma that he went through as a kid. And obviously, this story is a memoir told from Fat Joe's perspective. And that's obviously just one side of or one perspective of each of these these stories. But they are his Like, for example, he had an older brother or has an older brother, which was his half brother, who was really smart, but wasn't like a street dude. But he was really smart and had a Wall Street job. He was making like $300 a week or something like that. But he had a friend that was into the streets and selling drugs. And his friend wanted to leverage Angel's smarts to help like organize his, his, you know, drug empire and business and stuff like that. It didn't take much doing. He got him to leave his Wall Street gig 
and started selling drugs because he was he went from making three hundred dollars a day to making around five hundred. I'm sorry, three hundred dollars a week on Wall Street to making around five hundred dollars a day. But he had the all too common tragic story of going from that trajectory of three hundred a week in an honest job to five hundred a day selling drugs to getting you know ri- rising the ranks and in this drug selling organization which ultimately ended with him getting 47 of his cars repossessed over $1 million stolen that he had in cash stolen from his best friend who he was stashing the money with to him being hooked on drugs in and out of jail throughout his life and currently blind from just like all the like drug use and stuff like that no matter how many times he went he was like in and out of rehab so cautionary tale there but an aspect of joe's life that i definitely didn't know about in the book also joe breaks down his uh the story about when he was shot he's definitely i've heard the story multiple times before and i'm sure many of you have as well uh you can easily basically was some dude who was supposed to do like a, a herb in the neighborhood that he had lent money to and he would see him and tell him like yo where's my money and like fuck with him a bit but he wasn't really serious because it was like it wasn't a lot of money but supposedly one day during i forget if it was the actual like puerto rican day parade or or if it was fourth of july or something like that but um it was like the summertime a lot of people were outside hanging out or whatever um but he sees this dude when he's going into the store then the dude had a, a large jacket on in the middle of the summer so this dude has on this trench coat in the middle of the summer and Fadjo didn't put like two and two together. But he goes into the store, something comes back out and the guy pulls out a gun and then Joe just bolts. He just starts running and the dude is chasing him and like taking shots and shooting. Remember, there's like mad people on the street and then he, Joe sees like a bunch of kids or something playing in one direction. Then he runs in the opposite direction because he doesn't want the, you know, he said that he didn't want the dude that was shooting was obviously shooting recklessly to one of the little kids or something and then he winds up getting shot in the back it goes like through his back and out his stomach or something like that and that's that story right again you can find the full details of that pretty easily but i say that to say sometime after that joe didn't uh, snitch out the guy and say who it was or anything to the cops and then this is the sickest part of the story in my opinion sometime after that he finds out where the guy is staying in some some building in hunts point and Joe goes over there with the intention of like either fucking him up or killing him or scaring him or something. And he's sitting outside his building waiting for him to come out one night. And he stays there all night and goes back back home in the morning. The guy never comes out. And then when Fat Joe gets home to his apartment building, the feds wind up running into the apartment, Joe's apartment, thinking that Fat Joe was his older brother, Angel. And they were looking for his older brother. And they saw that he wasn't there. And then one of the cops tells him, yo, what were you doing in Hunts Point all night last night? Because they were following Fat Joe thinking that it was Angel. They were looking for him, you know, for the like all the like drug related shit. And then Joe tells him like some lie on the spot. He was like, oh, yeah, I was visiting. I was going to go see uh, my girl or something. I heard that she was cheating on me with some guy. So uh, I went to go see if I would see them, but I didn't. But it's crazy. Imagine if he the guy would have came out of that building and, you know, the cops were like, sitting on him there so whatever would have happened he would have got like hemmed up for that so i thought that was a a sick story then oh this uh quick aside he grew up in the same uh projects as dean memminger which is an anchor on new york one spectrum news shout out to dean memminger 
they, they grew up in the same same projects that were around the same age. What else do I have here? Fat Joe won first place at Amateur Night at the Apollo four weeks in a row back in 92, which I tried to look up uh, like videos of that to see if I could find it and I couldn't. Um, but if I do uh, come across it, I'll, I'll link to it in the episode notes so you guys can check it out as well. I thought that, that was a pretty cool story he told. He also told a story of how he used to promote parties back in the day in clubs. And he said that he paid Biggie for his first show ever. You know, he booked them uh, with Puff for, to do a show at, at one of his parties that he was promoting. And he said he remembers paying them a thousand dollars and a bottle of Moe. How far we've come, folks. A really cool story he told as well was behind the What's Love song, which was like a smash hit back in the day. He said that Irv Gotti reached out and offered him the song and he tells the story of how you know Irv calls him and says yo you gotta come down down to the studio i got a track that's like perfect for you uh come by and like joe goes and he plays it for him and ashanti is doing the vocals on it like as a sample and Irv said that the song was for for fat joe and j-lo but joe liked the way ashanti sounded on it so much that even though she was like completely unknown unknown at that point like she hadn't like popped off yet Joe decided to keep Ashanti on instead and the rest is history. And he tells the story as like an important, like pivotal moment in that, you know, it came in the wake of Big Pun passing and him being depressed and, you know, going through other like family shit that, that he breaks down, but not really fully focused on music. But this song and the success of it brought him back and like refocused him into it. He broke down the whole uh, beef with 50 Cent, which they have since squashed, thankfully. But he said it stems from, you know, the the story that we all know. I'm sure many of you have, have heard in the past of why Ja Rule and like Murder, Inc. and the whole like 50 and Eminem beef started was related to an encounter at a recording studio where both camps were at. There was a scuffle. Somebody got stabbed. The way I've heard the, sto- the story told outside of this book is that, you know, they're all from Southside, Jamaica, Queens. They had some like rifts and rivalries in, in the past. Ja Rule and Gotti and like that camp heard that 50 Cent was in the same studio with G-Unit. They went to confront them about something and 50 wound up getting stabbed, supposedly. I've also heard the other version that Ja wound up getting stabbed, but who knows. Then unrelated to that, a short time after that, that's when 50 got shot. Supreme McGriff, who was a big time drug dealer, Kingpin, who is still locked up to this day from Queens supposedly financial backing for Irv Gotti and Murder, Inc. and stuff like that. And some of the beef stems from that as well. And 50s beef with, with Supreme, who allegedly is responsible for the, you know, 50 getting shot nine times. And 50s beef directly with Irv Gotti is that Irv Gotti supposedly tried blackballing 50 Cent, like, throughout the industry, telling folks, like, not to fuck with him, not to give him tracks, not to do do songs with him, etc. Which worked to an extent until M, wound up dry, M and Dre wound up signing 50 Cent to Shady Aftermath and Interscope. And then obviously 50 Cent blew the fuck up with Get Rich or Die Trying, etc. But then Fat Joe comes into the fold, into the whole beef, when like the entire industry, music industry was like shifting towards more like pro 50 Cent in that whole like beef or issue. But because Irv Gotti was loyal in a sense to Joe and, you know, bringing him back into music with the whole What's Love track and Ashanti, etc. Fat Joe wanted to return the favor, and he said he had to stay loyal to to Irv and Murder, Inc. for looking out for him in his time of need. And that's why he put, Fat Joe put Ja Rule and Jadakiss on the New York track, 
which is another huge song. But Fat Joe being on a track with Ja Rule is was spawned the whole 50 Cent beef. And then like they had their back and forth with like tracks back and forth and stuff like that. But yeah, that was a definitely interesting breakdown from Joe's point of view as well. Switching gears to another story. Everybody knows that Fat Joe is like a big sneakerhead. He has like one of the most regarded like sneaker collections and something he's, re- he's really into. He owns um, a sneaker store called Up NYC, and he actually has his a uh, lot of his family members like working at them and running managing them, which I thought was pretty cool. Like I knew he was into sneakers, but I didn't know like the, the entrepreneurial side of it, which is pretty dope. What's crazy is that he was supposedly set to be the first rapper to do a Jordan sneaker deal because again like the whole you know him being known as a sneakerhead and stuff like that it like dates back and he had a 20 million dollar Jordan sneaker deal in place to do this uh, collaboration and he met with MJ one-on-one a bunch of times he, he he met with MJ's design team as well several times and when the whole 50 cent beef got so public he said that um, he got a call from MJ pretty much saying yo uh, I'm not down with the whole, you know, rap beef, public negativity thing. So we're going to have to pull the deal. I thought that was a sick story. And that would have been a pretty cool collaboration. I'm not particularly a sneakerhead myself, but just seeing that type of collaboration happen would have been cool. He had an interesting quote related to death, uh, speaking about this situation with his sister, which is that his sister was pregnant. She was at the hospital, going to have a baby. And the doctor that administered the epidural fucked up and she became a vegetable pretty much for eight months you know just breathing with respirators couldn't move um, until she ultimately died as well as the baby and i might be off on that i'm not sure if the baby survived or if because there's mention of another nephew um and i don't remember right now if it's like the older brother or that baby that she was she was attempting to give birth to so my bad on that but Long story short, they sued the hospital. They won a $2 million lawsuit tax-free. It was the hospital being negligent and ultimately killing his sister. And he mentioned how he put that like $2 million in an annuity for his nephew. So I think, yeah, I think it was an older nephew because um, he says how, you know, his older nephew was, you know, was obviously traumatized from that whole situation. But that since he didn't want like anyone in the family thinking that he like took the money from his nephew or anything like that, he just like put it in an annuity didn't really watch it didn't manage it for him but the nephew got the money when he was 18 and pretty much like blew it all within a a year or two so he regrets not being as uh hands-on with it but something that that stayed with me was his take on like that death uh within his life which was that you honor your loved ones you keep their legacy but you got to move on and he has a lot more interesting stories in there talks about uh when he went to jail for a few months, which was pretty much for tax evasion. I believe he got hit up with, and that story is sick. It comes from his uh, accountant. He had an accountant for many years that he fully trusted. Then the accountant's son got into a car accident and became a quadriplegic and the accountant stopped practicing and you know had to focus on his family. And then Joe went with a different accountant. And long story short, after almost two years, he goes to buy a car and finds out that his credit is complete shit and he calls his accountant and the accountant had been stealing from him like the entire time and not paying his mortgages not paying any of his his car notes not paying his taxes 
then he got a new account and got it on like a tax payment plan but they still charged him with like x amount of year uh months uh, in prison i think he did like five months or something like that as part of the whole thing like he tells that crazy story talks about his best friend stabbing him in the back and and stealing a bunch of money from him after like a couple you know or doing so for like a couple decades sick shit but again awesome background story i love the behind the scenes aspects of folks that we may see like in the limelight but want to know more of or about rather how they got to where they're at and that folks was my recap and review of the book of jose a memoir by fat joe and now the free writing piece that i'll be sharing with you folks today which might be found at sponsor.com forward slash free writing where a lot of my free writing can be found now the piece that i'm going to read to you guys today I emphasize might because for the first time ever, I'm literally just going to grab one of my notebooks, which is where I do the vast majority of my free writing directly pen to paper in a notebook. And the ones that I like, that I think have something worth sharing, I ultimately transcribe it and, and put it on my website again at sponsor.com forward slash free writing. But as you may have guessed, a lot of it does not make it to the website, but it's all subjective, right? Anyway. I'm going to randomly choose a page within one of my notebooks and read to you the free writing piece from that day. And it might already be on the website. If it is, I'll relink to it in the episode notes so you guys can check it out. But again, it might not be. And here we go. And this one is on the website. I don't know the title that I put on the website because when I write it in, in my notebooks, just FYI, I don't you know, make a title or anything, you know, I just grab a, the next blank sheet and begin rewriting. But then based on what I write, whenever and if I put it on the website, I add a title to it that somewhat resembles whatever it is that I wrote. Now, this post is from December 7th, 2013 at 2.03 a.m. 2.03 in the morning. I wrote this post. Let's see what I wrote. Damn, 2013. That's nine years ago. And I wrote dedication passion, love, and a touch of necessity. What a powerful combination of emotions. Does a stronger mix exist? An alchemist couldn't yield more value. Jeez, that sounds horrible. (laughs) An alchemist couldn't yield more value. When tuned into the frequency at the four-way cross-section of those emotions, your output is worthy of praise. It's beautiful. You put in the work and return to you are the fruits of your labor in spades. Can you stay tuned in or do you stray? I think we all know the answer to that piece. Definitely stray. Is it a permanent situation or do you inevitably get lost in the haze? Weak attempt to my rhymy style that I do from time to time. And that's the end of the post. Again, I wrote that on Saturday, December 7th, 2013 at 2.03 a.m. Not only is that I'm not happy with this piece, by the way, (laughs) but I'm even less happy with the fact that not only is it on my website at sponsor.com forward slash free writing, which I'll try to find and link to in the episode notes. I mentioned it on the podcast sometime in the past, and it actually made the cut to be included in Make Way For You, Tips For Getting Out Of Your Own Way, which is a book, my first book that I published, which is definitely fitting for the type of book that it is, which is like a collection of motivational thoughts and and things that helped me <clears throat> get past some of my my own personal like barriers and, and bullshit. So it's like apropos there, but 
maybe not a piece that I'm fondest of, but maybe you guys like that or maybe not. They do say that people hear things or receive things when they're ready to. And we're all at different points in time in our lives. So hopefully this does reach someone and helps them in some way that they are ready to be helped. Or on the flip side, maybe it could become fodder for making fun of how shitty of a piece it is. And it'll make somebody laugh. Anyway, folks, that is all I got for you. Thank you very much for listening. That is episode 226 of the Spun Today podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. I ask that you stick around for like two or three more minutes just to listen to a bunch of different ways you can help support the Spun Today podcast if you so choose. Your support means a ton. Again, it helps me keep the lights on, helps me and motivates me to create more episodes, find new and creative ways to chop up the content and deliver it to you guys, whether it be my YouTube page, YouTube shorts, which I've been fucking with lately, Instagram, at Spun Today, Facebook, which included uh, some short posts, some larger chunks of these episodes, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, what I love most, which is writing. So thanks again for your support, for those of you that have supported, and many thanks to each and every one of you that will do so in the future. And I'll check you guys out next time. Peace. What's up, folks? Tony here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast as much as I enjoy producing it for you. Here are a few quick ways you can help support this show. You can support the Spun Today podcast by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. There you'll find my merch section where you can cop the iconic podcasts versus anybody t-shirt in a wide variety of different colors and all different sizes. Also, if you're into cycling, you can cop the super soft, comfortable, minimalist design Spun Today Bike Club t-shirt. Also available in a bunch of different colors in all different sizes. There are a few other designs of different types of t-shirts. Definitely go there and check it out. Spuntoday.com forward slash support. It's the merch section. We can also get a dope coffee mug. I have coffee mugs with the brand new redesigned Spun Today logo on one side and the tagline that I end every show with on the other, which is start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. The mug is available in both black and white because we don't discriminate here at the Spun Today podcast. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash support and check out the merch section. You can support the Spun Today podcast by checking out my writing. You can go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing and check out some of my free association writing, which is intended to be some cathartic free writing, but oftentimes doubles down as motivation for myself and others. At spuntoday.com forward slash short stories, you can read a bunch of the different short stories that I've written and actually listen to the audiobook versions of those short stories there as well. Another way you can help support my writing is by going to spuntoday.com forward slash books and checking out what I have in store for sale. Digital copies are available in all formats, whether it be Kindle, iBooks, or a different type of e-reader. You can also purchase paperback copies if that's your preferred reading method. Currently available, I have my nonfiction, Make Way For You, which is a collection of freely written thoughts that were curated and put together as tips for getting out of your own way. Also available is my debut time travel novel titled Fractal. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash books to show your support. Support the Spun Today podcast by following me on social at Spun Today on Twitter, at Spun Today on Instagram. Please also check out and like my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Spun Today. 
and subscribe to my YouTube page as well. On my YouTube page, not only will you get these full-length episodes, but you'll also get to check out some chopped up clips and bonus content. To get to my YouTube page, just search Spun Today on YouTube or click on any of the YouTube icons on the footer of my website. Also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. It really does help. The Spun Today newsletter is available to each and every one of my listeners absolutely for free. All you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. What I'm going to do is brighten up everybody's least favorite day of the week by delivering five curated things within my weekly newsletter every Monday at noon. You're going to receive a photo of the week, a recommended podcast of the week. I listen to tons of podcasts from an array of varied interests. I cherry pick the very best ones so that you can check them out. I also share a video of the week, which can be anything from a tasty recipe to a dope rap battle to an enlightening TED talk. I also share a quote of the week. And finally, for my fellow wordsmiths out there, a word of the week so that you can step up your vocab. Again, this curated list is yours absolutely free by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and dropping in your email address and you can unsubscribe at any time. Again, go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address, and you'll get the very next one. If you want to help support the Spun Today podcast financially, you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash support. Here you'll find a few different ways that you can do so. You can shop on Amazon, but first go to my website, spuntoday.com forward slash support, click on the Amazon banner, which will take you to Amazon's website where you do your shopping like you normally do. It will not cost you anything extra, but I will get credit for driving traffic to their website. Another cool way that you can help support this show is through Patreon, where you can set up reoccurring donations to my podcast, whether it be $1 per show, $2 per show, etc. And depending on how much you choose to pledge, you will receive some Patreon perks in return. Things like free writing pieces, free bookmarks, free digital copies of my books, etc. Again, my Patreon link can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. You can also set up similar reoccurring payments via my Ko-fi page. And if you want to send a one-time happiness bomb donation, if you will, you can do so via my PayPal link. Again, all of which can be found at spuntoday.com forward slash support. If you're a fellow creative, a cool way that you can help support the Spun Today podcast and actually be part of the podcast is by filling out my five-question questionnaire located at spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. Here you'll find the five open questions related to your craft, your art, what inspires you to create, what type of unrelated hobbies you're into, and what motivates you to get your work done. You can choose to remain anonymous or plug your website and your work. And once you submit your questionnaire, I read your responses on a future episode of the Spun Today podcast. It's completely free at no cost to you. And what I like to say about it is that if your responses could potentially spark inspiration in someone else, why not share that? spuntoday.com forward slash questionnaire. And as always, folks, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening. I love you, Aiden. I love you, Daddy. I love you, Grayson. I love you, Daddy.